you know, you wait all summer. You have all this drama between Nick Saban and, and uh, Jimbo Fisher. And now we're here at this week and it feels kind of weird. There's a lot of things that are off and the storylines may have changed somewhat. Let's get into it on Locked on Bama. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. A&M week, and wow, here we are. Been talking about it since May. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, a few things are striking me about this game. Number one, we may be both playing with backup quarterbacks. Now, Haynes King technically started the season, but he was yanked. I mean, I guess he was hurt, too, but, I mean, really, he wasn't very good. And he right. wasn't very good in the little bit he played at Mississippi State. He had two interceptions in that game when he came in. Um, and, of course, Al, everybody knows what's going on with Bryce Young and Alabama, and Jalen Milrow may get get the start. We don't know this yet. Now, by the time this is published, and, and uh, maybe there's some new news out there, but the Alabama video team showed some practice footage yesterday. They were very catty. They, did, they showed the receivers catching the balls. They didn't show who was throwing it. So that's interesting. Um, but I'll tell you something, Jimmy. I was sort of on the Texas A&M circuit yesterday. I, I was on a, a Texas Ag show. Uh, we're great people. It was, it was very cool. Um, and they were talking about this game. And it's such a different dynamic from even just like a month and a half ago. I, I mean, the host was like, hey, look, do you think if Nick Saban will run it up – he will. And, and I was thinking, my God, man, I mean, y'all were the cockiest fan base in the country just six weeks ago. And I said, number one, if Nick Saban didn't run it up against Auburn in 2012, I don't think he'll ever run it up against anybody. Cause he could have, we could have scored 80 that game and, and we just didn't. Um, so I, I don't think that'll happen, but I, I feel like Texas A&M fans are resigned to the fact that, uh Oh, we we've got some buyer's remorse here. Um, we, we have got a guy that we have to pay, I mean, tens and tens and tens of million dollars to leave because, Hey, maybe we just bought too much into the, he was a one hit wonder with Jameson Williams. And I, I don't know, but this game has such a weirder vibe. It is. I'm so glad it's the seven o'clock game and CBS and I'm sure CBS is too, but not for the reasons we thought when it, we knew it would be the seven o'clock game earlier in the summer. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all – I mean, I, I ever since the Jimbo and Saban stuff blew up, I thought it cemented the fact this would be CBS's choice for their one primetime game during the year. Uh, there's just too many storylines and the fact that A&M won the game last year. I don't think anybody saw it coming that A&M would be playing this poorly. But, hey, a word of warning. You know who was playing poorly going into the Alabama A&M game last year? Texas A&M. They had just lost to Mississippi State. Doesn't that sound familiar? Uh, they just lost to Mississippi State. Alabama was a 20-point favorite. Doesn't that sound familiar? Uh, this is a talented team. I, I, I'm just reading two comments on social media and, and message boards. Uh, I think Alabama is fans are far too confident. I mean, in terms of, you know, the, the, most of the talk is will Nick Saban run up the score? 
we might be playing this game with Jalen Milrow. And, and again, Milrow was, was fine against Arkansas on the road. Uh, and that was a, a really tough challenge. I think it'd be a little easier for him at home. But AM is better defensively than Arkansas. Arkansas is a lot better than AM on offense. But defensively, AM is a better team than Arkansas. And uh, it's going to be a real challenge for Milrow. Uh, we know that AM's kids are highly recruited. There's a lot of five stars and four stars running around in maroon on Saturday night. And uh, I think this game could be a challenge. Now, if Alabama plays extremely well uh, and plays its A game and Milrow is uh, sharp and doesn't uh, give the ball to the other team, uh, I, I do think Alabama can can win this game and cover. But uh, I, I do think that it is a challenge, and this team beat Alabama just 12 months ago, and uh, many people thought this would be a much better team than, than last year's A&M team. Now, it is uh, interesting to me, Luke. I think the most interesting storyline far and away is the quarterback situation, not just at Alabama, but at Texas A&M, too. Uh, obviously, you know, a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, this looked like Bryce Young versus Max Johnson. And uh, right now, I would say, say it probably looks like Jalen Milrow versus Haynes King, uh, which is fine. Uh, one other uh, comment about Alabama's quarterback situation, we refer to this um, – earlier or, or on the show, uh, you know, uh, on, on yesterday's show, but what a tremendous advantage it is for Alabama uh, not to announce who the quarterback is. That's why I don't think there'll be an announcement. I, I think it's just too much of an advantage for Alabama to have Texas A&M preparing for Milrow and to have A&M also preparing for Bryce because Alabama's offense should look really different. Uh, Mil and, and that's going to be a, a fun, another storyline that's fun for me, Luke, uh, is, what is the Alabama offense going to look like now that you have a week working with Milrow, perhaps, as the number one quarterback uh, when they've built a plan and built a game plan and built a script? Uh, it, it all starts with a meeting that it would be fun for all of us to have ears, ears and eyes on. Uh, but I'm, I'm guessing uh, there was some sort of meeting Sunday between Bill O'Brien and Jalen Milrow where Bill O'Brien sits him down and says, OK, Jalen, you tell me. What you like? What plays do you like? What are you comfortable doing? What which which sections of my uh, Waffle House menu play card here? Uh, which sections do you like? What throws do you like? What are you comfortable doing? So that that would have happened Sunday, and then uh, then a game plan is built. Keep in mind, we have never built a game plan for uh, for Jalen Milrow. So I'm real interested to see what that looks like on Saturday, assuming Milrow's the quarterback. We don't know that. Yeah, and I guess technically you could say that um, it, it, as something's on my computer is bugging me. Um, technically, you could say that, yeah, the same advantage for Texas A&M because we got to prepare for two quarterbacks too. Is it or three quarterbacks? Is it Connor Wiegman? Is it Max Johnson? Is it Haynes King? The difference is I'm not sure any of their quarterbacks are good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not too different. Uh, now Max is more of a pocket guy and Haynes is more athletic. But Jalen Milrow, we all saw the 77-yard run. That's not normal. That's not a normal quarterback run. There's very few quarterbacks in the NFL or in college football that can run anything like Milrow runs. And Alabama is going to be very heavy with the RPOs, one would suspect. Uh, put it this way. It's this dramatic for Alabama. In two years of Bryce Young being Alabama's starting quarterback, there has not been one 
called play for Bryce to run. There has not been a quarterback sweep. There has not been a quarterback draw. There has not been a naked bootleg. Even though Bryce is highly capable at stuff because the dude really can run. He's got great speed. But we just do not have called runs for Bryce. He does scramble when the play breaks down, but that's different. With Milrow, there will be designed QB runs, something that Alabama hasn't done in two years but it would be a big part of what they would do Saturday with jail. Let me go ahead and tell everybody about Upside. This uh, podcast, this particular one, is brought to you by Upside, and I've talked about it. I love the Upside app. Look, the other day I went to had to go get some dinner, and I just looked on Upside. I was like, okay, where can I go that I could actually get some cash back? Because I wasn't really hungry for anything necessarily, and I found a spot that was uh, giving 19% cash back on what I was eating. So um, – I went to that place and I got, I just got my 19% back. It, it's awesome. It just came in. And so it, it's just, you can exchange it for gift cards. You can exchange it pay, through PayPal from cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting is all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using upside upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out with every purchase. I'm earning cash back. Thanks to upside to get started, download the free upside app and use promo code lock. That's L O C. K-E-D, to get $5 more or more, excuse me, cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim the offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with your credit card or debit card, and get paid. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. You know, everybody goes, like, well, why is it not five? Well, because there's always going to be some dude who just wants to be funny and give you a crappy rating, just like they do for our podcast. Everybody gives us a five. There's always some dude who's like, well, I didn't like him because he said this. And, you know, Jimmy's hair's white or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> but Upside is awesome. Go to Upside. You can get it anywhere you get your apps download it, use promo code locked. You will love it. I'm telling you, I, Scouts Honor, I, is this what they do or this? I, this? Uh, you, I don't, you whatever the Scouts it. Honor sign is, I can't remember. Um, anywho, <laughs> I'm in the, uh, what was that? I'm, what was the gang that George Costanza was in? Um, the Van, the, the Van Buren boys? I'm, I'm in the Van Buren boys now. <laughs> you know, we're recruiting a quarterback named Van Buren. You know, we are. You know, there's a 2024 quarterback whose last name is Van Buren. And if we get him and he starts, we are oh, making a shirt that says Van Buren boys and doing the, the Van Buren boys. I'm, I'm, This is why I'm, I'm, I'm like rooting that we end Pending. up. It's going to be four, everybody. It's gonna be four yep. years of Van Buren boy jokes. And I'll, don't, I'm all, I'm all about it. don't steal our ideas, but do go to upside. <laughs> all right. Um, Jimmy, I want to go back to this game, some some keys for success. Look, I think everybody believes it's a foregone conclusion. Really, I am shocked at how uh, resigned to the fact that they're going to get their tails beat, Texas A&M fans are. If you go to their message boards, like nobody's saying, you know, if we do this and we do that, they're literally there's literally more optimism on an Auburn message board about beating Georgia than an A&M <laughs> message board about beating Alabama. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I mean, I listened to an Auburn sports show yesterday, and, and a guy called in was like, look, I don't think Georgia's playing very well. And I think if we can sneak up on them, and I'm like, if Georgia's not playing well, what are y'all doing? I think but, I, would, I think I would admire – I'm curious. If there is an Auburn fan that exists 
that truly believes they're going to beat Georgia in Athens on Saturday, I want to meet that guy. I think I would admire that guy. I wouldn't make, I'm not, well, he probably would need to be committed to an institution. But before he does, I would want to tell him that I admire that level of, I don't know, is it and optimism or just flat out crazy? It, um, it's optimism, but optimism is spelled with an AU at the front. Um, okay. Yeah. There's, no, yeah. there's no chance. There's, there's just no chance. I, I would, if you have $1 million in the bank, take your million, go bet it on the Georgia money line. Now, I believe you'd only make about 50 cents. You would be, you would be, you know, risking your million to make 50 cents, but your 50 cents is safe. You'd have a million and 50 cents when it was over. Um, okay. Jimmy, uh, keys to victory. You know, one thing I thought about, this could be the battle of uh, who screws up in special teams the least. Now, I think Alabama's going to win regardless. But think about last week. Alabama gives up an onside kick that was pretty obvious. Um, they snap a ball so poorly that people believe it was some kind of botched fake. <laughs> the snap was so bad, we think we screwed up the fake. Um, last year in this very game, we uh, gave up a touchdown on a kickoff return to A-Chain that really, I mean, it killed our momentum. We had just scored a touchdown. We give up a, a, a long kickoff return for a touchdown to A-Chain in this very game. So, uh, But meanwhile, you look at Texas A&M, they had a blocked uh, field goal, I think, for a touchdown against Mississippi State. They had several other scoop and score screw-ups everywhere. Um, I'm not even – their special teams were not good in this particular game is the bottom line. So, I'm just wondering uh, – now, that said, A-Chain did return a kick for a touchdown against Appalachian State, if you remember. I mean, they still lost the game, but he did return a kick. So, they – and we have the best punt return in the country statistically. So, it's weird. Like, we do some things really well on special teams. Our kicker's great. But we do some things that are just like, what – did we just not practice – this, this all summer and AM is the same way now again i think alabama is going to win regardless but i think special teams is at least something to keep an eye on you know i was just thinking uh that was an excellent uh description you know the fake the, the the bad snap uh I, I just had i just got zapped back to uh what could have possibly happened on the neil inhibit uh bad snap because it was it was the worst snap i've ever seen in any alabama game ever to the extent that you had to believe he did something, he, whatever he did, he did it purposefully. And maybe he did believe there was a fake call. He, and, and that's why he snapped it like directly to Henry Toho Toho and not the punter because he thought there was a fake call. When I, I played uh, baseball uh, after high school, it was this college uh, summer league where a lot of college players come back and play you know, games during the summer in, in Mobile at the time. It's like a college summer league. And I played in a, a the summer after high school before I went to Alabama as a freshman. And uh, we, we had this signal <laughs> that we hardly ever used because why ever do it? But it was a signal where a second baseman or shortstop, the signal for the throw down because you're trying to pick off a runner on second who's got a big lead and you want the catcher to throw it. Our signal for that was taking off your hat and and you know touching your hair uh that was and I, I don't know why i didn't make up the signals i just remember that was the signal and uh i was playing center field and uh and 
we were playing at night in this ballpark and there were bugs everywhere, bugs all over the place. I mean, where, you know, you're constantly getting gnats out of your, they were just, it was a, it was, you know, mobile in the summertime, there's going to be bugs, but th this was just a crazy amount of bugs one night. So we're playing this game and there's a runner on second and the bugs are everywhere and, and I'm wiping them out of my face and I watch our second baseman take off his hat because he's waving at the gnats. And it occurred to me that like, if the catcher sees that, is he thinking that's throw down there? Nah, that wouldn't happen. And then on the next pitch, the catcher gets up, fires the ball down to second base. And the second baseman's just standing there 10 feet from the bag, watching the ball sail to me in center field. And, uh, and I'm like, Hey, that was my fault. I should have called timeout and go, guys, I think we need a different signal because of the bugs. <laughs> that's literally what happened. And that I tell that long boring story to say, I think that's what happened to Neil and Hibbett. I think something like that happened and he snapped, you know, he, he thought it was, well, we need, if that's the case, if that's the case from now on, we can't do anything as innocuous as like, you can't just make it be take off your hat and scratch your head. I mean, I do that all the time. I'm a fidgety guy. It needs to be something like, all right, if, if you see burnup start to do the Macarena, do you know it's the fake is on? If we do need something completely, and, and maybe that, maybe that's what Hibbit went to the, uh, Hibbit may have gone to the sidelines and, and they're, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I faked it to Henry. Henry called for the fake. And they're like, Henry didn't call for the fake. And he's like, he was coughing. I heard him yeah. cough. So I snapped it to him and they're like, Henry's got a cold. He's like, we need to change the signal. Well, <laughs> we really need to change the signal. I would love to hear Gus Johnson with that call. You know, <laughs> Bama set to punt. Punter's doing the Macarena. And they dance <laughs> into the end zone. <laughs> All right. um, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be something if the fake, if the fake was, uh, you know, hut or, or go or Omaha, whatever we do, whatever we do, hut, you know, punter Burnham's back there going hut, hut. And, and it's like, that's the fake. That's the fake. That's going to Henry. But even if that were the fake, and I still – it's mind blowing to me that Nick Saban has such control over everybody, including us and, and the rest of the media that nobody has said, Hey coach, look, I'm, I, I got to ask this. What, what the hell was that snap? And if Saban would go, you know what? Um, we had a miscommunication. Uh, I want to know what the fake was going to be because I wonder it to start that way, could he have gotten an offsides? I mean, a false start penalty if the punter takes off running, and that's what he would have had to have done. He would have had to have start running to the right to be able to catch that snap that was at a forty-five. Yeah, what, I don't think it had because Gary said something about how he snapped it to the right because he's anticipating the rugby <laughs> style. But that's not what happens. You well, stupid you snap it straight back, and then the guy rolls right. But will the punter get it? The punter can't. Can the like punter that. get false start for that? For running like early one way or the other, I have seen punters before going. I think a punter can go in motion and line up as a wide receiver, so a punter okay. can go in motion. But I don't think a punt. I know this: a punter cannot simulate receiving a snap. Now that would be that has to be motion. You know, I don't think the punter can simulate. Hey, I'm about to get the snap or move in a way. But I know the punter can go in motion like a wide receiver can and then line up wide. And then one of the upbacks comes and takes the snap as a quarterback. Uh, I'm sure you can do that, but 
it's crazy how bad that snap was that we're still here at day four going, what was that? <laughs> I'm telling, I mean, I'm telling it's so bad, nobody's amazing. asked about it. You know how, like, um, if a, if one of your aunts comes to uh, uh, a Thanksgiving and there's, like, this huge goiter on her face and, like, you're, you're like, I need to ask her about this goiter, but, I mean, I'm scared. <laughs> I feel like that snap was the – uh, goiter on the face of Alabama football. Um, yeah, I hopefully, one of the hopefully one of the Saban uh, has a media appearance this afternoon at six. Hopefully, one of the uh, brave beat writers will say, "Coach, I have a question about the bad snap." That would and be the question, awesome. Please, yeah. What what the hell was that? <laughs> that is the question. What the hell was that? All right. Let me tell everybody about Alumni Hall. Look, just Google Alumni Hall. Alabama, you will go there. You will love it. They've got all the polos, all the shirts, the retro shirts, the mugs, the jerseys. They've got an Alabama NIL section. That's what's so cool. Love, love, love Alumni Hall. They've sent us some stuff. I've bought some stuff. You can get whatever you want there, Alumni Hall. Now, listen, when you're in Tuscaloosa, you can also go to the Alumni Hall store, and that's where you can just get you know, it's just easy. You just grab it, pay for it and go or just grab it and go and see if you get caught. But um, you can also go online. Uh, Jimmy is wondering why I advocated somebody shoplifting in a live read. Uh, I'm not really advocating it. Was I'm, a joke. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you need to uh, you need to go check out Alumni Hall. Uh, just Google Alumni Hall Alabama because they've got specific Alumni Hall sites for the various teams that they do. So go to Alumni Hall Alabama. I'm telling you, they sent me this retro shirt and I wear it all the time. I absolutely love it. It feels great. I'm a sucker for these retro shirts. And they got all the logos you want, the A with the mullet on it, the old A with the elephant coming out of it. I think they've got the one with the just the elephant that nobody liked for a while. But some people may have liked it. You may like it. Go get I've your got an old-timey one with the elephant mascot from like the 40s. I love it. I wore it to the game, uh, actually, uh, the last home game, the Vanderbilt game. It's nothing cool. I, I love the fact that I've gotten so old that wearing retro stuff is cool because it was retro for me anyway because I don't really keep up with fashion. So, anyway, go to Alumni Hall, Alabama. Google that. You'll love it. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. All right, Jimmy, let's just take a little uh, spin around everything else. Anything else uh, the, about this game? I've, do you feel like Jameer Gibbs can keep this going now? You think we broke the seal on him? I think a little bit. I just think what people have to understand, we talked about it all spring and summer, about how different the run game would look with Gibbs as opposed to, you know, we've had B-Rob, we've had Najee the last four or five years. Gibbs would look totally different. With, with Najee and B-Rob, our run game looked like six yards, eight yards, seven yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, three yards, nine yards, 14 yards. It was always chunks, small chunks. It was never home runs, but it was also very rarely a loss or no gain because they're so good at breaking tackles and making forward progress and moving the chains. They're moved the chains backs. Gibbs isn't like that at all. With Gibbs, the, the, the run game looks like no gain, no gain, two-yard loss, one-yard loss, no gain, two yards, 80 yards. <laughs> and then when you add it up at the end of the day, it looks exactly the same. Like it was ex it, it, like the runs were produced in exactly the same way as they used to be. But that's not true. The numbers are lying. Uh, most of the production comes from one, two or three runs. But that's OK. You can still win like that, especially when you have a quarterback like Bryce. But you can still win like that. It was just going to look radically different. And it does. 
And I think it will look like this all season. I think at times it will look like, gosh, we just cannot run the football. And then right when those words come out of your mouth, Gibbs has hit another home run. Yeah, it's, it is kind of weird. You know, we talked about the whole time that Najee Harris was not a home run hitter, but I mean, he was so steady Eddie uh, for the longest time. Now, I think he ended up having a much longer run later, but I think his longest run at Alabama was plus or minus 50 yards. He didn't have a 70 yarder. I think, it was um, 30 yards. I think I think his longest run going into his senior year was something like 36 yards. It was 34 yards. Yeah. And then I remember that. He had, a couple of, he had a couple long runs his senior year. And B-Rob, I think, did something very similar, too. He never had long yeah. runs. But then in his final year, he had a couple. But, no, Gibbs, Gibbs is going to – Gibbs had two 70-yarders in one game. long, And they're both longer than anything either one of them did. And they're both in the NFL. By the way, props to B-Rob. He's off the IR now. Um, he should be playing uh, for Washington really soon. Now, Washington is terrible, apparently. I hate that. Uh, they won their first game, and they hadn't peed a drop since. But um, I, I wish Washington would be a little better as they got so many Alabama dudes on there. But uh, I, I want to see B-Rob get in there and have some success for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I even have him on my – I drafted him. I think he was my final pick on my fantasy team just because I, I, I loved what he did in the preseason. And I, I honestly believe – by midseason or late season, he'll be the starting running back there. And uh, my draft choice will look uh, pretty smart then. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. These last few videos gotten so many views, and we love y'all. We appreciate you a ton. Y'all the best. Uh, keep that stuff up. And also, if you would, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share it with your friends. Tell your mama about it, everything. We appreciate you. Until next time, roll tight, everybody. Roll Tide, and let's change that fake punt signal uh, that, that, that Henry coughing is a bad idea. <laughs>